You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. So we've been working through a series called The Violence of Love. And one of the main things we've been saying is that for us, the word violence has largely been negative, And we're talking about a positive violence. Now, Andrew's speaking this morning, and what Andrew's speaking on is the ruthless violence of love, not to steal your thunder. I think everybody knew that anyway, didn't they? How many of you have heard Andrew speak before? Okay, so when Andrew speaks, there tends to be a bit of a violence when he speaks. Would you agree with that? Okay. So the violence is not about the man. It's about the spirit in the man. We're talking about a personality of the Holy Spirit through a man. So what you don't do is go, that's Andrew. What you do do is, I'm going to lay hold of that, okay? So when he's speaking about the ruthless violence of love, you want to lay hold of whatever hits you and what he's saying to you, okay? So uh, let me pray for him, and then we'll make a start. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this space and in this place this morning. And we invite you to have your way with us. And we ask this morning we'd have ruthless violence and impact on our lives this morning, that we would know who we are and we would know who you are and we would have confidence in both. So we say thank you for this morning and for this opportunity. And we ask, Lord, that Andrew would have his liberty here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Really good to have an opportunity to to share uh, this this morning's message with you. we are doing the, the series on the violence of love, as uh, Colin has already slightly stole my thunder, but set me up quite nicely. So the key verse for the, the violence of love is Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of the heavens is taken by violence and the violent season. So the definition of violence we want to... Uh, we're talking in small group on Thursday night, sort of getting it's not like a negative thing. Violence tends to be... A, a negatively considered word, uh, but it's a positive application. So in that verse, taken by violence, it means to sustain or suffer violence properly, to use power to forcefully seize, to lay hold of something with positive aggressiveness, to advance forcefully. It's only used uh, twice in the New Testament and both times as positively. And then the word violent is an offshoot of that word, and it means positive assertiveness, use of the believer living in faith, God's in-work persuasions, guiding and empowering them to act forcefully, uh, like fired up by God to act under his, by his revelation, okay? And it's only used once in Matthew eleven twelve. So the violence of love so far in, in the series, we've looked at determined perseverance. Isaiah 50, verse 7, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. 1 Corinthians 13, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. We're not quitting on you, so please don't quit on us. Uh, We did dealing with sin, conviction, and access 
conviction and action to access what we've been freed from. We, I, well, I certainly talk about being destination disciples all the time. We're on to a, a destination, and that destination is Jesus Christ, and we want to get rid of our stuff. And if he's going, you've got stuff. And it's not condemnation because he doesn't condemn. Romans 8 verse 1, he only convicts. He's going, you need to get, sort that out. So some people found that week a little bit difficult, but he only convicts for a purpose, and the purpose is for our benefit and for our good. It's not because we're bad people, because we're saints who sin. We're not sinners. We've been saved by his sacrifice on the cross. Therefore, there are things that we need to do with. We bring our stuff with us towards the destination, and as we go along, the Spirit goes, need to sort that out. And it could be through a preacher. It could be through what you read yourself. It could be direct communication from the Spirit. But he says you need to sort that stuff out. So we need to be violent with dealing with sin. And then last week it was violence in learning. From the external to the internal. Memorization houses information. But understanding assimilates and integrates information. From ownership or from understanding to ownership. So we move on that journey, that transition, that process too. From knowledge to ownership. From understanding or to get to the place of understanding. I've got it. I own it. I possess it. And that requires violence, right? And we're going to just keep drilling into that so we can get it. Uh, so we're going to revisit a few examples of violence as uh, not a negative word, but as a positive word, okay? So on my desk, I have a, a, a saying that says, some people want it to happen, some people wish it would happen, others make it happen, the violence of making it happen or getting it done. Positive assertiveness. God's inward persuasions. Guiding and empowering us to act forcefully. Fired up by God to act by his revelation. And today I want to add the word ruthless to that. To get it done. Speaking of intention and intensity to make it happen. Okay, now try not to drip drip. Try not to trip over the, the language. Because you go, ruthless is a bit of a negative word too, right? Don't trip over that. Get the spirit of that. So I'm communicating, and what we want to do when we, we preach and we teach is we, we do want to give you information, but we want to get it to your spirit. This is a spiritual journey we're on. So it's to your spirit, that in your spirit you're violent. In your spirit you're ruthless. So examples of violence, getting it done, making it happen, being ruthless. Very obvious one for those that have seen the Braveheart film. It's the end of the, uh, the Battle of Stirling. He's down there, face half-painted blue. He's covered in blood, and he comes out with that fantastic speech, which goes like, Aah! Violence. There's blood. It's obvious. Then there's a poignant story uh, from last week of Ignacio Echevera riding his bike home with a skateboard in the back. He sees people getting attacked on the, uh, the London Bridge. He immediately throws his bike down. He starts hitting the guy and getting him to exercise in violence that actually ultimately cost him his life. Got the George Cross for it. We can relate to that. That's violence. Is that a negative thing? Well, obviously it was negative to him. He, he gave up his life, but people are still talking about him. We'll continue to talk about that. He's been given a posthumous uh, George Mill for what he did. We can, we can relate to the positive nature of his actions. Will Smith 
in the, the, um, uh, the pursuit of happiness based on a true story. I don't know if you saw that, but it's about this man who's basically homeless. He's got a small child. He's trying to do this intern in this uh, bank and get it all done. And it just the, the, the stuff that he has to do to try and survive. Uh, there's a scene where he's, he's, he locks himself in a toilet, but he can't actually lock a toilet in a train station. He just has to keep his foot up the door and hold his son because he, he missed getting into the, the hostel for the night. Violence. Get it done. Ruthless. Giving birth, I don't want to say very much about that, because men really, trust me, you don't really want to ever say anything about that. But it's violence, and it's ruthless, and it's onto something. Profound, wonderful, joyous. Sport, in general, sport, winning, getting it done, making it happen. Liverpool are playing on Saturday. Bill Shankly, the manager, famously said, that football is not a matter of life and death. It's more important than that. <laughs> In a very strong Scottish accent, right? And it became part of the, uh, uh, one of the, the quotes about sport. Federer at Wimbledon uh, drives it down the line, puts a person in the corner. They get it across just about it's short. He drives it into the other corner. The guy gets back and he flips it up in the hope that he's going to lob him. It's too short. Federer's down there. He's given up trying to get the point. Federer doesn't even wait at the bounce. He goes, whack, into the corner. Violent, ruthless. We can relate to that. Professionally, inserting contact lenses. Basic principle I apply is whatever the force of the eyelid is, that I will exert more force than that eyelid in order to get that contact lens in. <laughs> if they've got soft, floppy eyelids, I can pull it right over the top of their head. I don't have a problem with that. If they're going, yeah, no, and they don't move their head, the lens is going in. I have a 100% record, professionally sound. The amount of force that I uh, apply to that eye, sometimes, I, professionally, I'm slightly concerned. But I am ruthless and I am violent because the person wants to get that contact lens in their eye, even though at that moment in time they don't, they really don't. Why am I sitting here? But I get the contact lens in the eye. Gardening for our pastor, pruning, dead stuff, live stuff, chopping it down to nothing so it all comes back again, splitting roots, taking a spade, a perfectly healthy plant, and just shoving a spade right into the middle, yeah, breaking it up so it multiplies. Planting your little pot that you bought in the garden center, you take it out, and then I happen to know this, and then you break the roots at the bottom. You break the roots at the bottom. Balance, ruthlessness to get the thing to grow and get going. So there's a positive applications to that. Let's look at love. Okay? Look at the word love. There are four types of love in, in Scripture. The first three belong to the natural man, the soul, and its mind, will, and emotions. The first one is eros, sexual or romantic love. The second is storge, uh, spelled storge, S-T-O-R-G-E, Familial love between a parent and offspring and the interconnecting relationships in families. Philia, emotional bond in deep relationships. Human love, human connection, human friendships, etc., etc. The love of the soul, the love of the natural man. The fourth and the highest form of love is a love of the spirit. And it's called agape, 
divine love, pure and selfless. God to man and man to God and man to man. 1 John 14 says, God is love, agape. John 4, 24, he says, God is spirit. So the, 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 the love we're talking about is a spiritual love. It's a spiritual thing. Mark 12, 30 and 31, the greatest commandment, love, agape, love. The Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, love, agape, love your neighbor as yourself. It is that agape love in its attainment and application that motivates us to be violent, forceful, intense, intentional, and ruthless. And our model is Jesus. We seek to be like him. That is our destination as a church and as individuals. I've already talked about it in this this message. Uh, Ephesians 4.13, that we may attain unity in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature in his full measure and in his likeness. So that not only we have received and in a relationship with him, but we get to be like him in maturity and in ministry in the whole measure and the fullness of Jesus Christ. High violent, forceful, intentional, intense, and ruthless as Jesus. It says in Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. Jeremiah 20, 11, but the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They may fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. And that word mighty warrior in that passage, the other translations are dread champion, one to be greatly feared, terrible one. In Strong's is defined as awe-inspiring, terror-striking, awesome, terrifying, mighty, ruthless. Jesus Christ. Revelation 19, 11 to 16. I saw heaven standing over, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has his name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's obvious, clear, and awesome. That's where the word awesome should be applied. That It's awesome, our Jesus Christ. How about the violence of agape love expressed in the forceful, intentional, 
intense, ruthless sacrifice as he let violence be done to him. Film The Passion, don't know where you've seen it, it is brutal. From start to finish, it is just brutal. I have never left a cinema like it. Silence, a few sniffs, it was just traumatic. When he watched it once, don't ever want to watch it again. But did you see what happened? The blood and the gore. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. Doing The punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. What about the violence to lay aside his majesty? So at the arrest of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was chaos, and it's recorded in all four Gospels. There's slightly different variations on the four Gospels, but in one of the Gospels and the other ones, it backs it up, but it only identifies Peter in one. In the chaos, Peter draws a sword, and he chops off Malchus's ear, the servant of the high priests. And it says that Jesus healed his ear. What? Like, just a little aside, like, what was that? Like, did he just touch it and the ear grew back, or did he... Did he pick it up and he put it back on and his, his ears back? He just chopped that off his back on. Just, I love the way scripture just throws in those things. And if you stop, well, what did that actually look like? So it's just chaos. Like, where, like, did Jesus go, like, where did, where did he get the sword from? Like, so, yeah, Peter and Petrus. Then Jesus says, basically, paraphrase, really? Like, really? Matthew 26, verse 53, he says, Do you think I cannot call on my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? More than 12 legions of angels. If I just go, Father, help me out here. 6,000 in a legion, that's more than 72,000 angels at his disposal. He exercises violence. He exercises a ruthlessness, an intensity, and an intention to not actually lay hold of his majesty, but lay aside his majesty and go, no, I'm a human here. I cannot do that. But there's all this at my disposal. Can you see the violent, forceful, intense, intentional, ruthless, agape love to do the will of the Father? John 5, 19, very truly, I tell you, Jesus says, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. Philippines 2, 6 to 11, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." So what say you? 
Let's get a bit of violence here. What say you to the agape love of Jesus Christ? What, you, what say you to the, we, we, are, we love the song Reckless Love. Let's take out reckless and let's put in ruthless love. Oh, the never-ending ruthless love of God chases me down, fights till I'm found, leads in 99. Don't earn it, don't deserve it, yet he gives himself away. He's coming after us. So wherever your shadow is, he's going to bring the light. Wherever the mountain is, he's going to climb and get you. Wherever the the wall is, he's going to kick it down. Whatever the lie is, he's going to tear down. He's coming after you with reckless love. And the blood on his face is his blood in the sacrifice for you. And he's standing there and kicks that door down. Like some scene out of some action film. He's standing there. And maybe your expectation is he's going to come and grab you and he's going to take you away because he's come to rescue you. But he's not going to do that because he set you free because the blood that's on his body, the sacrifice that he's made, you're free. He's kicked it down. He's made it obvious to you. What are you going to do? What say you? What say you to that? What is your response? With the agape love that you have for him that he has showed to you, following the will of the Father. What say you to that? What say you to that? I suggest to you that this is our response. We get a revelation of Jesus. We get it. He died for me. He died for me. He gave his life for me with violence, forcefully, intense, intentional, ruthless for me. I've got it. I see it. I understand it. I've got ownership of it from the external to the internal. I've got it. It's a transcendent cause. It's greater than me. I get it. I understand it. We We, we then express violent, forceful, intentional, intense, ruthless, agape love in response to that. Francis Frangipan said, the ultimate purpose behind most revelation is that what we behold, we are to become. So we get a revelation of Jesus and what we see, we then become. We've used this verse many, many times. 2 Corinthians 3 18, and we all with unveiled face continually seen as in a mirror, reflecting what we see, the revelation of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree to another, towards the destination to be more like Jesus Christ in his fullness, in his wholeness, in his maturity, and in his ministry. So what is our response to that revelation? I suggest there are three responses. The first one is humility. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's all about him, the sacrifice that he made for me to allow me to take that love and do something with it. Like him, we deny ourselves our pride, our self-interest. We humble ourselves knowing that there's nothing that we can do in ourselves, but everything we can do in him. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Philippines 4.13, I can do all things, I can do all things, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And on that journey that we're on of, of self-condemnation and just, just not believing these things, whatever it happens to be, we got to push on because the devil is right when he says, you, don't, you can't amount to a hell of beans. Pastor, we take the truth of that and go, absolutely right. Holy Spirit, if you don't give me the pastoral gift, I am stuffed. I'm sitting having a coffee with this person. I have no baldy clue what to say or what to do. This person is so messed up, I hardly believe it. We take the truth. You're nothing but a just hopeless. I know I'm hopeless, but thanks be to Christ Jesus and the violence that he exercised and the ruthlessness that he exercised and the blood that shed for me, I am all things through him who gives me strength. So thanks very much. I'm heading towards the destination of what he invites me to. In humility. Two, obedience. Brace yourselves, people. Obedience. Holy intolerance to anything less than what he's asked. Why? Because it's the only application to violent, forceful, intentional, intense, ruthless, agape love. Well, it's a bit strong. Listen to what Scripture says. Second John 6, and this, this is love. This is love, agape love. This is agape love. That we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the start, the command is walk in love. John 14, 23, Jesus says, anyone who loves agape, anyone who loves agape will obey my teaching. My Father will love agape them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Therefore, James 4, 17, anyone then who knows what they should do and does not do it, it is sin. It is sin. Let's get violent people. Let's draw the sword. Let's get forceful. Let's get intense. Let's get intentional. And let's get ruthless to the sin in our lives. Now, in our wee culture, we're going sin, you know, going to the cinema and going, you know, having a few dances and stuff like that there. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the sin as laid down in Scripture. The unbelief and the self-condemnation, the lethargy and the apathy. You can fill in the blanks. Not in condemnation because he doesn't condemn, but he comes with violence. He comes with force. He comes with intention. He comes with intensity. And he comes with the ruthless truth of his sword of the word to bring us conviction over the things that we need to sort out. Our resistance, our rebellion. I'm just not feeling it at the moment. Our attitude to our soul relative to our spirit. He comes after us. He comes to call us to express agape love. And remember, John 1, 17, grace and truth 
came through Jesus Christ. What Franji Pan says, what God's truth demands, his grace will provide. What I have said before, if he calls you to it, he will equip you in it. It's too hard. It's not. <laughs> it's not too hard. It's not too hard if you are not, it's too hard if you're not going to love. Absolutely, absolutely, it's too hard. Let, let's call it what it is. If you're not going to love, if you're not going to agape love, if you're not going to get violent and forceful and intense and intentional about what this has happened, what he has done for you and what you are invited to with a ruthlessness, can't be done. But the word doesn't say that. If he equips us, if he calls us to it, he equips it in us. Where he's faithful, he cannot. He, how many times I said he cannot, he cannot, he cannot, he cannot, he cannot. Second Timothy two thirteen, he cannot deny himself. He can't do it. It's not in him. It's not possible. So if he says his grace is sufficient, his grace is sufficient. If you're going, I'm not feeling it. It's because you're in the wrong end of the spectrum of John ten ten. You're at number A, where the Satan has come to kill, steal, and rob, and you're crucifying yourself to the wrong thing, to your soul, rather than let yourself get a gap in love and be crucified to the fact that Jesus Christ died for me and he's asked me to do something about that, which is to run in abandon to get what is for me, not for me, but so that I can share love with the world and I can do the things of the kingdom. Three, in faith. John 14, 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. On to what? A better life? A better life, if your better life is serving people, is partnering with him and seeing the kingdom released. Absolutely. It's not about self-help. It's not about feeling better or having your life together more. It's about relating to him and what he calls us to. Let's get motivated by agape love to do some damage to the kingdom of darkness. DCB vision. Prioritizing God's presence as a community known for his, we should get like a, a sharp and go, agape love. Reproducing disciples who manifest Holy Spirit, power here, near, and far. It's on to something. Three opportunities to get a little bit violent, a little bit forceful, a little bit intense, a little bit intentional, a little bit ruthless. Three opportunities coming up tonight. It's a tight hour tonight. A tight hour, half seven to half eight in our house. You come, we start, we worship, we pray. We pray heavens down. How do we do that? We're listening with balance. We're trying to connect what the Holy Spirit is asking us to pray for so that we can see this vision come to birth in the reality of it. The seats filled, looking for a new environment, seeing people saved, seeing people healed, because we're starting to get equipped in doing the things of the kingdom. Exercising and manifesting the gifts, seamless link to unwrapping the gifts, Mrs. Elizabeth Peoples, Tuesday week. Our wife sort of done that. Listen, I hear that all the time professionally, especially the young bucks are coming through. Yeah, I sort of know that. 
come to the refresher course and go, yeah, I do that. Do you know that? But my testimony is when I have ever heard anybody talk about spiritual gifts and the kingdom of God, I have always, always, always got something new out of it. Or got a, a very uh, uh, convicting, you need to work a bit harder at that. You need to get after that, get doing that. And then Tuesday week, little uh, personal plug here to the open interns meeting. Okay, it's basically a fast track for what we ultimately want to do here. Because we want everybody to go to the destination, Jesus Christ, in maturity and ministry. So in the intern program, you have a, a year program where we give you a lot of information in order that you go from the external to internal and you own it. And you get to exercise and you get to participate that in ministry. But we're talking about power and weakness. Who feels weak? Who knows they're weak? Amen, hallelujah, we are. But the dot, 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 and the truth is that we can exercise power. And in our weakness, we are most powerful. And some of the most spectacular testimonies I ever have to tell are when I was done, I was exhausted, I was hot, I had a mental ascent to that, and I just prayed in obedience and in humility, and heaven came down, and there was something quite miraculous that happened. Come on Tuesday week, Get equipped, get stirred, get violent for what he's calling us to do. The ruthless violence of love. Will you stand with me, please? What would that look like? What would that be like in your life, in your church? in your walk, in your work, in your home, what would that look like? What would that be like when you exercise humility, obedience, and faith to actually partner with him and do the things that he has done? We'll ask you some questions for your response. Do you need a holy intolerance to sin? As I was speaking in the hope that the Holy Spirit touch you with things? Do you need to sort that out? Do you need to deal with that? If that's you, come forward. Do you want to renounce pride and self-interest? Do you want to get after humility, obedience, and faith? Do you want a violent, forceful, intense, intentional, ruthless passion for doing His works? If you can say yes to any of those questions, please come forward. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.